Basketball universe. I'm Paris Lawson. I'm sitting right across from my fellow reporter. It's Nick Gallo. What's up, Paris? How's it going? Uh, basketball is almost going. First game of the regular season on Wednesday, and I'm pumped. It's like Christmas in October. <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> for Chris, it. <laughs> Christober. Christober. We are here at the Thunder Ion, waiting for practice to end, and we are taping our second podcast. How about that? So we're recording this on Tuesday the 22nd, a day away from our season opener against Utah. No more preseason games, no more exhibitions. Everything from here on out counts. We've been around this team a lot for the past six days since the Thunder's last game against Memphis last week against the Grizzlies and uh, going to practices. And what do you say, Nick? Should we start talking about what we should look out for? Yeah, I I think one of the things early on this team will have to look at is how small can they play on the wing and still hold up defensively. So we've heard all about the three-point guard lineups, but also Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson. Those guys are very solid and tall enough for shooting guard positions. Small forwards, they might be a little bit shorter defending them, but they'll be quick enough to stay in front of them. So curious to see what that'll look like. And I think that'll be fun to watch in transition too. And I kind of want to give you a chance to talk about this a little bit because we've seen Hami grow a lot defensively. I mean, he guarded Luka Doncic really well against Dallas last week. And each each time we see him, we kind of see him take a step up in that defensive effort. And it, it was really fun for me to watch against Dallas. So I want to give you a chance to talk about it. Shameless plug. He wrote an article about this. It's on <laughs> OKCThunder.com. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hami uh, took his summer really seriously. He um, had some meetings with Billy Donovan late last season, met with Andre Robertson um, on a number of occasions and watched film with him. And Really, he said that the second half of his rookie season stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. Really was not where he needed to be mentally, physically. He learned a lot of technique things about where to place his hands. And also kind of accepting that responsibility of being an elite defender on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, that'll be it'll be really cool to see him kind of in a, a real game setting versus an exhibition game setting guarding, you know, people like Donovan Mitchell or, you know, anybody on that wing who can really give him something really tough to go up against. What's amazing is we don't even know if he's going to be in the rotation. I mean, he's looked really good in preseason, <laughs> but there's so many wings on this team with varying skill sets. We still don't know like who Billy is going to throw in to those situations. There's so many options, and you can go big, you can go small, you can go veteran, you can go rookie. I mean, they're just, and they all offer something so completely different. And that's something that Coach Donovan talked a lot about was the options that are yeah. there on that wing position. I mean, we've we've talked it to death, the three-point guard lineup, but move to the wing a little bit, and there's a little bit of a gray area. And that's kind of where the league is going of these positionless type players, the forward guards, yeah. the ones that can kind of do anything and everything and guard from a one to the four. So that really – and we have a few of those on the Thunder roster right now. Yeah, you have Hamidou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, Abdul Nader um, – all three of those guys are about the same height, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, right. 
Um, and if they're playing small forward position, uh, I think it'll be sort of shades of the 2017 season when the Thunder had Russell Westbrook, uh, Victor Oladipo, Andre Robertson as their point guard, shooting guard, uh, small forward. Those guys can get up under taller players a little bit more. Yeah. They, they're going to have to really do a great job of contesting, but th- they'll be able to use some like lower center of gravity and quickness. What I also found interesting was taking Mike Muscala and moving him kind of from a five, like because he's got that you know typical center kind of physique to him, and kind of moving him out towards a four and playing him in that small forward position. Yeah, I mean, I have a feeling we're going to see him mostly at the center this mm-hmm. season, but his shooting ability does give him some malleability right. that he can play with some different lineups. Um, you know, he can play next to Steven Adams because he can knock down threes. He can also play next to Danilo Gallinari as the five man, and right. you can have five out, basically. So yeah. very flexible player for this team. Just depends on how he can hold up defensively against some of those quicker power forwards. We were talking about the league going smaller. Yep. You got four men like Darius Baisley, who's got a very quick first step. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, LeBron James plays the for you know sometimes like these guys have these um, incredible first steps attacking the rim so it's all going to be matchup driven yeah it's kind of like when I was in middle school and the only way the coach would start me is if I played the five and I was the shortest person on the team (laughs) that happens so much in youth games they just put the tallest person at center even regardless of any kind of post skills whatsoever. He literally asked Hindi me. doesn't have a chip on his shoulder about that no. or anything. I no. wanted to be a guard <laughs> so bad. But Paris, like, usually it's the opposite, right? Usually, like, the best uh, players play guard, and then they, like, get put up to a big man position, a center position. So thing. how'd that work for you? Here's the interesting thing. I did jump ball, and then I would guard the point guards on defense and then play on the block on offense. <laughs> Is that because, like, in middle school, the goal was just get as close to the rim as possible, turn around and shoot? That's exactly what it was, yeah. (laughs) And I was a terrible post player, like, awful. And it never changed. (laughs) (laughs) So I started playing point guard from there on out. So one thing I wanted to ask you guys, all these lineups, what would be your most exciting lineup? Your, like, lineup of fun. If you had to create your own lineup that was the most exciting lineup on the court, in terms of fast breaks, yeah. getting out in transition, maybe turning the ball, turning the other team over, what would your lineups be if you guys do this together? Okay. So I know I have mine. Gallo, you want me to go first? You go first. All right. So I, the, the fun thing about preseason was we got to see a lot of different lineups without any hindrance of you know working, worrying about score or records. I really like a young lineup. I, I think okay. they play really fun and really explosive. So you've got Shea at the one. You've got Terrence. You've got Hami. You've got, let's see, you've got, oh, I'm going to throw Justin Patton in there. Just okay. Play him at the center. Okay. And then you've got Ferg. Oh, did I already say Ferg? Bays. Darius Bays. All over the place. This is a young mind right This here. is like the all, all dunk the contest lineup. I mean, could you, like, will play the ages in transition? Of, will the ages of this lineup add up to 100? Yeah. No. I don't think so. I think yeah. it, I think maybe just no, maybe just over. Darius is 19. Yep. They would have to average 20 and I think that just barely just barely over 100. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? All right, I'm going to go completely opposite. I'm going to go vet group. As okay. much as this as much as this team can go vet group. Let's hear it. Um all right, so Chris Paul. Yeah. Gallinari. Steven Adams. 
Muscala. So you're going to get a Ooh. lot of shooting on the floor. You have Muscala yeah. at the four, Danilo at the three, Adams chucking threes from the corner, Chris Paul <laughs> coming around screens, knocking down threes, and then my two guard. Who is Who would my two guard be? Who's it going to be? I'm going to say when he's ready for action. I love it. Andre Robertson. I love it. I was wondering if you were going to slide him in there. <laughs> I was curious. And, you- and as we've seen in practice, he's doing more and more. Um, news this week leading into this first game of the season is he's been doing contact with the team in practice. He seems optimistic that he's going to get some opportunities uh, soon, but we don't know for sure when that might be. And we were really excited to hear that he started doing contact in practice. Gallo? Let's speculate. You want to speculate? Yeah. I want, I want, or speculate. <laughs> Why not? You this know? the best part with everybody. Everybody's tied for first right now with zero wins and zero losses. Ooh. Speculating is the best. Thunder's the in first place at zero and zero. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Crushing it. Die. Gallo, let's hear a bold prediction. Okay, here's a bold prediction Dennis Schroeder is going to lead the team in assists. Okay. Oh. Over Chris Paul. And the reason is he is going to be really running that second unit. And Chris and SGA are going to be kind of doing that alternating. You know, they're going to be playing off of Steven Adams. They're going to be accepting dribble handoffs, attacking downhill. Those guys are going to kind of have more of an equal distribution maybe. And then Dennis, um, you know, there's a chance he plays uh, a – large number of minutes even with those other two point guards on the floor and something we saw in preseason was Dennis just seemed to like rack up assists over and over again what's your bold prediction see I'm in a bit of a bind right now because I really let's just talk about it let's just air it out yeah this is is a sharing space this is the trust tree with the branches I want to talk about Steven Adams all right talk about him he's gonna be 100% from three when the season's over. 100% from three. Are you including the one from preseason? Does yes. that count? Yes. So you're saying he's going to make how many three-pointers this season? Let's just put it this way. Let's just put it this way. <laughs> I'm bamboozled <laughs> by this stat. At the end of April, end of April rolls around, Steven Adams will be 100% from three, and I think he will start regular season the same way he started preseason. Oh, Okay. We're getting like a two-for-one prediction here. Oh, darn it. <laughs> my bad. So this you're, is my problem. So you think he's going to win the opening tip against Rudy Gobert out in Utah? Sprint to the other, sprint to the corner. Okay. Chris Paul is going to hit him with a pass. And he's going to knock down a three. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a random, random, random reference. But Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm, well, close. Oh. I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. In the very first year that the Eagles had Terrell Owens the very first play of the regular season game, they just threw a bomb. uh, Don McNabb throws a bomb to uh, Terrell Owens on just a nine route right down the sideline. Touchdown, very first play of the regular season. It was like this massive celebration of the things that fans had been wanting all offseason long. And they did the exact same thing in the very first preseason game that year also. So they might Ooh. thunder might be laying the groundwork for that it's it's See, an I, effective option i thought you were going another philadelphia reference and the fresh prince of bel-air started for bel-air high school and played you know on carlton's team and so on the opening oh. tip they threw the ball up will smith caught it in the air and shot it before even coming down it was like one of those like small courts and like the hoop yes. was like six feet high yes and he was putting up like 120 points a game that's where i thought you were going with that reference. oh man wow 
But if Steven, if they throw the opening tip up, he catches and shoots it in one motion. I don't. I wouldn't put it past him. Is that legal? Why wouldn't it be? Get balls in. He's got possession. That's true. Are you allowed to catch the jump ball? I know. You're probably right. You would have to like tap it. Yeah. You can't catch a jump ball. I wouldn't put. Yeah. He probably won't do that. I'm Volleyball not, smash yeah. from half court. <laughs> Honestly, just like smack it like super hard and towards the rim, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other bold predictions for us, Paris? <sighs> Gallo, you know what? There, there's, a, there's a few things that we can kind of speculate about, and I kind of want to go down the roster a little bit. Okay. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Deontay Burton because of his positionlessness. Yeah. He kind of has the ability to fit in wherever's needed. And with this Thunder roster with so many, you know, versatile players, maybe there isn't a, a hole per se, mm-hmm. but if one area is falling short, is lacking in some game in any capacity. Swiss Army knife. Plug him in, yeah. yeah. Just see, see what he does. And for me, that led to my prediction that he's going to be playing a lot more minutes than we initially think. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great point because Thunder lost Jeremy Grant this offseason. Right. And he kind of, I mean, his nickname was sort of Swiss Army Knife, basically, mm-hmm. that they could throw him in at the three, they could play him at the four, he could play center. And they, I think you're right, Deontay could be very, very useful in that role moving forward, particularly yeah. as they're starting to play teams that they got to match up with. And he looked pretty good during preseason. I mean, he played very strong minutes, and he looked confident out there, you know, and coming off of a, a two-way year and, yeah. you know, being full-time on this roster, I think that says a lot, you know, just coming in with some confidence, like, I belong here, versus treating it kind of like a rookie season and, you know, playing timid or making a lot of mistakes. He he did, you know, play with confidence. Yeah, he's definitely aggressive. All right, so Gallo, yes. do you have any more predictions for us? We kind of touched on it earlier, but I think we're going to see uh, Muscala Muskie or Moose is what his nicknames are, by the way. I don't know if I can really say Muskie with a straight face, so let's just call him Moose. <laughs> Muskie. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I think he's going to play a lot at the center position. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Don, Billy like put him there in the preseason, and I, I think that it's just they're going to try something new here. They've never had an asset like him right. who can play center and stretch the floor from three. Let's test out this new toy. And the ball screens, the the point guard, forward, ball screen interaction just opens up a, a big, big door. Like Normally it's pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Throw it up to Steven Adams for a lob. Drop it down to him on a dish. Now we've got a pick and pop, like, and that really stretches the defense a lot. They're already bringing the centers. Billy's already bringing the centers out outside of the lane a little bit already. Yeah, he's putting them out to the three point line now. So that just really stretches the defense and opens up some options. Also, if you're Billy Donovan, this team lacks one thing that's really vital, which is continuity. I mean, so many new players, particularly ones that are going to be like vital ball handlers and um, major usage players. The one area that there's like some built-in camaraderie over the years is between Dennis Schroeder and Mike Muscala. Yeah. And so like lean into that competency. And I think that's what Billy kind of experimented with in the preseason is can I get Dennis and Mike on the floor together at the same time as much as possible? It's always fun to watch them after practice because they're always on the same yeah. goal together. Yeah. And it's it's I'm I'm new, but I'm always 
fascinated to see what groups kind of, you know, come together at the end of practices. And it's never just like all the guards in one corner and all the posts in the other corner. Sometimes it's like that. But then you've got like Dennis Schroeder and Mike Muscala shooting threes. And then you've got Andre Robertson and Steven Adams on the other goal shooting, you know, doing one on one. And so it's just like, you know, they're good friends and you know that they, you know, have a lot of chemistry and history. Just behind the curtain for you a little bit, like that's new this year. Throughout my entire career with the Thunder, the position groups were always together yeah. after practice in those wow. shooting competitions, in you know work with assistant coaches and drills. So this little dynamic is definitely different, having guys sort of just pick their partners. It's almost like uh, being in class. <laughs> pick your group project <laughs> that partner. That was honestly yeah. the most dreaded point of class for me when the, when the teacher was like, all right, pick your partner. It's like, look around, and none of my friends are in the classroom. <laughs> you were definitely the kid that did all the work on the group project. A million and percent. Yeah. I don't yeah. trust people like that. What? <laughs> <laughs> Gallo, we need one more prediction from you. One more prediction one from more. me? One more. What you got? All right. Let's see here. I'm going to predict that Darius Baisley is in the rotation to start the season. Rookie in it up. Doesn't matter. He's going to make some mistakes. Yep. This is a kid that has great feel for the game, some incredible athletic gifts, and he is going to give the opportunity, be given the opportunity to go out and make some mistakes. Am I allowed to agree with a prediction? Because I agree with that wholeheartedly. Judges say? Yes, you are allowed to agree <laughs> with a prediction. But like, let me, let me re- recap you guys' predictions real quick. Nick led us off with Dennis. It was a pretty bold prediction. Dennis leading the team in assists. That one's bold. Um the second one was a little less bold. Muscala plays a lot at center. It's just yeah. kind of vague, but it's a little safer. We'll, have, we'll yeah. try to figure out how to track that. You and know, then, Basketball Reference actually has like a, a place on each player's um, sheet that puts a percentage of time played at each position. So at the end of the season, we can find that out. That's fantastic. We will definitely bookmark that. Maybe it is bold after all. Yeah. Okay. And then number three, Baisley in rotation to start the season. Yeah. That one sounds good. Uh, Paris's were Adams will shoot 100% from three on the season. (laughs) And you called mine bold? I mean, yeah. He's going to have some shot from behind half court at some point, right? I want to, like, just check in. And he's going to make it, Gallo. (laughs) (laughs) He's been practicing with Rumble. They have the same haircut, so, yeah. First try. Same stylist. Uh, Adams will also start the season by hitting a three. A la preseason. Man. Okay, so really you got the two for on one Steven special. Adams. Yeah, got, got okay. the two for one Steve special, cool, and cool. then Burton will play more minutes. So yep. I think I like I like that one. Okay, so okay. we will keep track of these and check in with them. A lot of them, a couple of them, are we can check early on in the next couple episodes, and others we'll just check back in throughout the season. Wait a second, can I add one? Yeah. Okay, this is more of a question than a prediction. Okay. Who do you think will lead the team in the Pop Defofter statistic? <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't remember, <laughs> Pop DeFofter was pressure on, on the pressure, pressure on ball thirty on ball. feet away from the rim. It's, it's a defensive <laughs> metric. Yes, trying to figure out who applies the most pressure away from the rim. So it really applies to guards. Uh, I'm gonna say SGA. I think mm. he's gonna be up in people's grill, full court, um, using that length. Paris. I'm gonna say Dennis. Okay, it's a great guess. It's a great guess. Uh, it will probably be a competition between the two. I hope that this NBA metric is actually 
available and ready this season. <laughs> I hope people are Somebody's going to have to go through, through, have to go through a lot of <laughs> yeah. tape to yeah. measure this. <laughs> Hindi, track this by hand. <laughs> well, with the home opener coming right around the corner, Gallo, people need to know how to get into the door. How do they do that? Well, I use my press pass, so I'll be getting in about mm. two and a half hours before the game. Yeah. But okay. if you don't have a press pass, go to okcthunder.com slash tickets, and you can just buy this little piece of paper or something that goes onto your phone, and it gets you right into the game. You it gets you in? Your, yeah. Go, you it's go like to your, your key to the Chesapeake Energy Arena. for two and a half hours. It's be, amazing. Be a part of the action. Chesapeake Energy Arena, incredible atmosphere. You don't want to miss it. Let's do it. Here at the Thunder, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. It's what you do. Naturally. <laughs> so today's main thing is uh, we've got two games coming up. The yeah. first two games of the season. Yeah. Utah Jazz on the road to start the year. Uh, Jazz are new look in some ways, yep. like the Thunder. Mike Conley, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, Ooh, new to that group. Uh, they're going to be kind of doing the two-point guard thing again um, with Conley and Donovan Mitchell. And obviously, they got Rudy Gobert, who is a beast to deal with inside. Yeah, and this is the Thunder's first true test against a team, a fully loaded team, fully loaded lineup versus preseason where, you know, players were resting and we didn't really see a full force lineup per se. But um, yeah, this will be a really good opportunity for the Thunder to kind of put to the test what they've been building up this entire preseason. I have one more bold prediction. Uh-oh. One billion floaters taken by CP3, <laughs> SGA, and Dennis against Rudy Gobert <laughs> as they try to loft that ball over him in this game. One billion. Yeah, yeah. It's a rough, rough estimate. Error, Appro- error, write it yeah. down, Hindi. Yeah. Yep. Put that yeah. on paper. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna... How many zeros is that? <laughs> a billion. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think about this as the first game? It's a divisional matchup yeah. to get the season started on the road. Tough environment. Yeah, I think it'll be a good one. I think it's really a good feeler. And I, I feel like kind of any team you go up against would be a good feeler. But the the Jazz specifically with, like you said, their kind of new look, I think it's, it's two teams who are really st- still feeling themselves out in mm-hmm. terms of their identity and building up their systems and how, they're, how they want to play. And they're kind of equally uh, matched, per se, on, on both sides of the ball. So I, I think it's a good first game. Great test for the Thunder's defense because uh, under Quinn Snyder, Utah runs this just super regimented offense. Right. Guys like Joe Ingles get wide-open three-pointers from the corner regularly. Yeah. So really going to test T-Ferg, Hami, mm-hmm. some of these young wings to make sure they're able to stay with Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, who is right. an incredible three-point shooter as well. And the screening actions between Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's just a force in itself that, you know, I wouldn't want to mess with. Yeah, for sure. So then after that, Thunder comes home, season opener against the Washington Wizards. Back at home and the peak. The friendly confines, <laughs> as they say. For us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that'll be awesome. Um, you know, opening night at home is just so special always, and I can't wait for you to experience that. Yeah, tell us what it's like, Gallo. Deafening. Um, the crowd gets there, is in the, in the stands 20 minutes before tip-off. There's just that, that swell of energy before each game, and it's, you can't 
you can't replace it. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what that that looks like. Home opener in the peak. Yeah, I'm curious. Do you guys on press row? Do you have to stand until the first basket's made, or are you guys sitting? Is that a fan only thing? Yeah, I wish I could stand. I got notes to Par- take. Paris will be furiously <laughs> typing. I'll Watching prom- out for that Stephen yeah. three. <laughs> Tracking the Bob DePopter. <laughs> whispering quietly, Steve-O, Papa three. <laughs> Shoot it, steve Shoot the ball. Let Shoot it, it Shoot the J. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> uh, me, I'll probably still be like snaking and weaving my way from the baseline where I do my opening hit for the broadcast and trying to weave through like – People delivering beers and hot dogs and get back to my you seat know, next to you. On I have row. noticed Gallo really gets his steps in during games. I mean, at, at one moment I'm looking over, he's right there typing, and then I look over again and he's nowhere to be found. Just yeah. like, where is he? Where's Gallo? <laughs> <laughs> you can, hey, that quick first step is really needed in this game. Took a page out of Hami's book. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, go. Gallo, what made you look? Made you look. What made me look was um, some delicious food on the apparently OKC Thunder's foodstagram that we now have, Foodstagram. which was uh, um, amazing looking food that is going to be new to Chesapeake Energy Arena this year. So, uh, the Thunder has an or Chesapeake Energy has an executive chef, okay. and they implemented a ton of new food items, and I tasted a few. Okay, my top two: a waffle on a stick, and Chicken fried and sweet tea. I think, yeah, I think that's how it's described. Chicken fried and sweet tea. Okay, I know yeah, that yeah. you don't you don't like sweet tea. I, I don't like, like me. Both Southerners that don't like sweet tea, so don't stereotype out there. Nobody say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think of them? Okay, so the waffles on a stick. They they had like various options. There was like a cookies and cream version, and then there was like a like a Whoa. lemon drop version, and then like a like. There was like dessert. Oh yeah, not savory waffles. Dessert waffles. Dessert waffles. Yeah, and they were on these popsicle sticks. You could carry them around, and it's like Thunder Games are during dinner time. So like, I'm just like really excited that it's actual (laughs) dinner. That is the number one problem with waffles is their portability. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm glad that they address that. Yeah, and there was like some cream cheese drizzled so nicely over it. You know, so you don't have to worry about you know syrup dripping. Yeah, (laughs) just get everything. Yeah, that'd be a sticky situation. Yeah. Hindi right. early with right. the dad Hindi. jokes again. <laughs> wow. We're going to have to start tracking Dad in that. training over here. <laughs> the, the sweet tea chicken was really good, too. Oh, nice. You can okay. really taste the sweet tea. Just taste it sweet. It was it was really good. I'll say. The sweet and savory. Just tied a little bow on it. Made it real nice <laughs> and tasty. Paris, for the love of all that is holy, bless our timelines. Steve-O at the Science Museum. It was oh, a gosh. sight to behold. <laughs> I loved it. Every second of it. So... Just to break it down, Stephen Adams Day at the Science Museum, Oklahoma, happened on Friday, and it was amazing. So I didn't know this, but Stephen Adams is a huge science fan. He loves science, and he was like a kid. I mean, he wears NASA shirts all the time. He is, like, geeked out. I mean, everybody wears NASA shirts these days. Uh, Is that, like, like. a bigger thing? It's a trend. That's a trend. Finally. (laughs) <laughs> finally some love for space finally, exploration. You know, finally NASA's getting the credit it deserves. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but anyway, he did so many things at the Science Museum. Uh, he held a, a five-foot albino Texas rat snake named Tex, which he seemed very comfortable with. Apparently, they're old buds. He held the same snake last year, and apparently they go way back. They go, go way back. <laughs> 
My favorite part, my favorite part, here it is. He held, a, I think it was a lizard, but it was an Australian lizard. And when they told him that, he was like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> the rivalry exists even <laughs> between humans and lizards. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked him after, I was like, did you like holding the Australian lizard? And he was like, you know, I like the lizard, but not the fact that it was from Australia. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for us today. But before you go, if you liked what you heard today, there's a like button for that. Go ahead and click that. Please click it. And if you don't want to miss anything else and you like what you heard and you, you want to hear more, there's a subscribe button for that. Oh, you should definitely click that. Wherever you get your podcast, please click those things. And again, we want to thank you so much for listening. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.